You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Technology and Society with Aki Anastasio. And this feature is sponsored uh, by Altron, uh, technology partners in your digital transformation journey. For more information, visit altron.com. Altron, there when it matters. How's it, Aki? Yubi, good morning to you. How was your weekend? Oh, it was very pleasant, thanks. How was yours? I suppose one has two choices. Like, and I'll ask you, was it as good as Siakolisi's or was it as bad as Musimaimane's? Yeah, <laughs> or, or, the, or the cricket team, you know. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. Siakolisi, I think, had the greatest weekend out of all of us this weekend. Well done to the team. Hey? Absolutely. Can you imagine if we had two major news items yesterday? Zilla is back. And Japan is through to the semis. Yeah, well, I think in that case, it would have been hashtag, I'm not staying. Well, at halftime, I think we were all thinking that. Eh? At 5-3, <laughs> I was worried. it was very close. I was very, very worried. Anyway, we've got a couple of interesting stories to get through. You and I have spoken before, and it almost sounded like it was a Beyond 2000 edition of drone technology that doesn't only have military purpose, but also other commercial possibilities. It's incredible what they're doing with drones. I mean, from detecting people in lost areas where, you know, just picking up heat and using it for farming. But in this case, the U.S. is now commercial. They're using drones, and this is Alphabet, which is Alphabet Wing, which is Google's company. They have now partnered together with a few uh, big players, and they include FedEx, Walgreens, and a couple of other retailers to do deliveries using drones. And, you know, it's incredibly, incredibly complicated when you think of the technology that you actually be from the time that you order something online to get it delivered to put it on a drone and that drone has to fly over your house and simply drop off the stuff it comes down like a parachute gets delivered at your home and it's done super accurately which is just mind-blowing to mm. think that they that we're getting to a point where in certain cities around the world and this is obviously a pilot project they are going to be doing these deliveries using drones and this time they're using Christianburg, Christiansburg in Virginia where they're going to be using um, they're going to be using local um, uh, retailers FedEx Walgreens, well FedEx the delivery guys Walgreens and there's a local retailer called Sugar Magnolia and you'll be able to order snacks and gifts and medication and they will deliver the stuff via drone it'll simply fly over your house, drop it and it'll land on your doorstep can you imagine, eh, future kids wondering why on earth we would spend so much time in the traffic to go and buy something? It just makes no sense, right? It, <laughs> it doesn't make, no make sense. any sense. I was trying to remember what you and I spoke about before in terms of how technology can help people who are researching history in their archives. And I'm just having a brain fart, but it will come back to me. Uh, because ancient, when it comes to ancient civilization and all sorts of assumptions we make about the past, uh, historians have to use methodologies that are yes. fairly traditional methodologies in historiography to get there. But it's uh, unsurprising that technology will now help us to be able to make far better uh, claims about historical peoples. This is an, Im an amazing technology that Thomas Hill at the University of Warwick has done this technology and what they've done is they've analyzed and looked at the sentiment behind the words used in millions of pieces of text over the last 200 years. <laughs> so they analyzed 8 million books, 65 million newspaper articles between 1820 and 2009 and they assigned happiness to scores of words in different languages to give a relative proportion of positive and negative language from four different countries. And what they did find 
and and the, just the fact that we've got this computing power to be able to do this in 2019, they found that we are happier today than they were 200 years ago. Just oh, that's from nice the sentiment. Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, back to your your Springboks and your uh, Musi Maimani and uh, Helen Zilla. I don't know if they have to analyze that sentiment today, how people will be, but you know, 200 years ago, we were. We're a lot happier now than we were 200 years ago. But that's really, really interesting because we make imperfect, um, we draw imperfect conclusions based on the limitations of our methods. Exactly. And for technology to have this kind of impact, I, I mean, when I saw this uh, this morning on the runner, I thought the implications are huge. No, Even traditional massive. academia and how we teach research methods will have to adjust very quickly to keep up with the rapidity of innovation in a way that's productive and useful for researchers and not just Spot for on. people who come up with trivia. And but but you know, due to time constraints, so they actually they can pinpoint the areas where people became unhappy. So the Vietnam oh, wow. War, for example, was one of those times that made people unhappy in the last two hundred years. Mm. So if you can start picking up the stuff in algorithm and picking up when society becomes unhappy, you can do something about it, right? And last but not least, Aki, another man versus machine story. Well, this is this is remarkable. What they've done is they've taken, and this is really to do with robotics, and they've taken this this uh, this arm, this human robotic arm, well, no human robotic arm, a robotic arm. They used OpenAI system and a simulation to teach this robot how to solve the Rubik's cube. You know that funny thing that I still can't do. Can you do the Rubik's I cube? I can't. I've never tried. I, I, I struggle with it. Okay, but what they did was they put this into this robotic arm, and they they basically ran a a lot of simulation and all sorts of tests before that. It would take a single human 10,000 years to compete after, you know, the tests that these guys did. But they did it so quickly and this robot taught itself. They put this Rubik's Cube in the robot's arm and it managed to solve it in a space of 38 seconds. Wow. Just a Rubik's Cube in the robotic arm with the fingers and it did its thing. you got to watch this video because mm. it's insane. That's amazing. By the way, you're such a metrosexual, far more than me. You can't see it, but his, his nails are glistening beautifully here in you the know, studio. This is a debate. He, <laughs> he obviously had his, what, your weekly or your monthly many yesterday? There's a 50-50 debate here because a lot of women say it's gross that men's nails are shiny and men shouldn't buff their nails. I buff my nails. I put nothing on them to make it shine like this. But my nails are so buff that I could look into my nails and I can see my reflection on my nails. Oh, the things you do but when you're preparing for your, your gay take colleagues. What is your buff nails? For, I, you see, the question doesn't arise for me because I have bitten nails. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So all I do is like I get a petty maybe once every five weeks and I'm overdue for one. But, but I always research, feel like it's a waste of time to try and get my hands done because I just, I've been biting them since I was a kid. My research shows and, uh, that ladies hate men who buff their nails. Oh, really? Shiny. Is that why you are doing exactly that to repel them? <laughs> because obviously the ladies love him that much. Okay. Exactly. Out of here. We'll do it again next week.